spoiler warning for Fight Club. If you haven't watched the film, just know that we're going to be talking about its plot, content, and characters. So please watch it. And if you don't, we'll see you in the ring. Hi, and welcome back to On Top of the World, your favorite podcast about characters, characters, and with a little luck, even more characters. I'm your host, Samuel Rico, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Robbie Waters and Sakai Marquez. And we're joined by a guest host, Sandy Charles. And today we're going to be talking about the all-elusive Fight Club. We love this movie. How do you, what do you guys think about it? It's I, so fantastic. It was so cool. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It is pretty weird. It's a classic for a reason. So let's get right into it with a quick story summary. Yeah. So, story summary. A depressed man suffering from insomnia meets a strange soap salesman named Tyler Durden and soon finds himself living in a squalid house after his perfect apartment is destroyed. The two board men form an underground club with strict rules and fight other men who are fed up with their mundane lives. Their perfect partnership phrase when Marla attracts Tyler's attention. Yes, so as you can tell, we'll be focusing on Tyler Durden and by extension, the narrator. Um, to introduce those who may have watched the movie a little bit back, the narrator is the character that we follow throughout most of the story, and he creates a projection of himself, which is the character known as Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden and the narrator are one in the same. The narrator, suffering from insomnia, becomes Tyler Durden during his bouts of insomnia during the night, and is completely unaware of it until we reach the end of the film. However, during the events of the film, he sees Tyler Durden as a separate character from himself, which is where we got a lot of the drama and a lot of the conflict from the film. And of course, um, the narrator obviously suffers from DID or dissociative identity disorder. And to summarize that, Okay, this is this is me. Okay, so dissociative identity disorder is basically just like uh, what used to be called split personality disorder, in which a person like strictly creates different personalities, often opposite of themselves, where after a great trauma, their personality split off in order to basically segment and protect themselves and compartmentalize the trauma so that they don't have to you know deal with it all at once. Yep. And our narrator, though we haven't seen him go through any direct trauma, creates Tyler as the person he wants to be, which is, of course, where our main um, path through the movie goes through. Tyler reflects chaos and the want to get away from a mundane life. So what does Tyler Durden's mere existence tell you guys? What did you think about Tyler Durden as an overall character? Um, so... As you said, like Tyler exists because it's who um, the narrator wants to be. And um, obviously there's like larger social implications about that, but you see throughout the film how oppressive this consumer society that the narrator lives in and that we also find ourselves living in, um, how oppressive it is to the narrator and you see why he feels the need to create this person who's so cool and like is so confident because he just lacks that and so many other men specifically as the film kind of comments on lack that in today's society yeah like ultimately i kind of perceive tyler durden's existence as um the narrator's way of kind of like finding balance in his life as well like he like 
before that he was such an apathetic um, and just mainly he was just in a state of depression his entire time because of like the society and because of the position he found himself in and in order to like for his brain to like counteract that he created the person the personality that is Tyler Durden in order to like kind of come back that and try to like find balance within himself in order to be the person he ultimately wanted to be which what he thought was Tyler Durden but as we all know doesn't exactly go too well yeah. but at least initially in the beginning that was like what he was like in my opinion that was what he was kind of striving for okay so um, Tyler Durden I think is like supposed to be what obviously what the narrator wants to be as a man and also like what he th- I think it's just like him letting the intrusive thoughts win yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they the demons so one. Oh yeah. my God. the demons <laughs> one. <laughs> there are just several aspects of Tyler Durden that are so random like the way that he defiles food yeah. and just the way that he like acts around particularly Marla yeah. is just like it's it's just like him like acting on his worst ideas and basically just being like I know it is not socially acceptable to do any of these things but as I have created but as Tyler Durden is this kind of like larger than life personality who nothing can stop him of course he's going to do all this stuff and also like the part where he Tyler Durden and the soap yeah. yeah. Making soap from human fat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was, it, it must smell terrible. That was, yeah. <laughs> like, I can only imagine what that place smells yeah, like, bro. Oh, <laughs> it's oh, kind of yeah. crazy. But I think it's so interesting that you say, like, social acceptability and stuff like that. Because I guess it also just speaks as a testament to, like, his situation as well, where it's, like, he is so trapped by, like, social confines. And, like, like you have, like, he feels trapped on, like, so many layers. Like, big corporations within his personal life, within all his relationships and stuff like that. So, like, as a way for him to, like, act out like even like in the little little things like peeing in like someone's food stuff yeah. like that what isn't socially acceptable like finding ways to like break out of that it makes that makes sense so I just thought that was like you know it's cool yeah and it expands on the idea um, the currently outdated idea of what it means to be powerful masculine your big daddy alpha male type of thing <laughs> you know? um, someone who exists outside of societal norms and is completely okay with that because we see throughout the the film, um, especially at the start of it, with all of the support groups, these are people who exist outside of societal norms and without societal barriers. Like we are introduced um, to a lot of these characters through the testicular cancer group. They don't have their balls, yeah. which, um, <laughs> as men, really demasculizes them yeah. and puts them outside of society. They feel that they're outside of it, and the entire point of the support group is to help comfort them and slowly bring them back into society, which brings me into to what Fight Club is, where Fight Club is the exact opposite of that. Where Fight Club exists as a place where you are outside of society and you are comfortable being outside of society and do not have a need to go back into society. And even if you do, it's a place that you can return to and be confidently masculine outside of society. Which leads me to, um, I think, the most interesting question when it comes to talking about this movie. What do you guys think Fight Club represents? I mean... I think it's like it's also relating a little bit to what you said, where it's like, oh, you want to exist outside of society, but I think ultimately it turned into its own society in itself, mm-hmm. like with its own hierarchy and stuff like that. Like it's more so towards the end of the movie, definitely. Like originally at its roots, it was once created to be like, as you said, like a support group, if that makes sense for people who like exist outside of society because they feel so oppressed within it. But it kind of like turned into its own thing, where it in order to 
ex to remove yourself from the oppression of society, you had to oppress yourselves and oppress others inward. And they created that like hierarchy, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like, I think it represents like just, of course it represents like trying to break free from that, but it also represents in a very like, I guess nihilistic ways, a cycle that you still cannot escape it, if that makes sense. So yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I totally agree. I think that's like one of the main points of the movie is that they really do just create another society where they're still like these white collar slaves. They're still doing all of this work for Tyler. They're, Tyler has just framed it in a way that they this is what they want to be doing and that they're actually breaking free of like societal molds by doing it. But um, another part of Fight Club that I mean it's, it's pretty obvious but I think it's, it's worth saying is that it just shows how many men they don't have to not have balls you know they yeah. don't have to have <laughs> testicular cancer how many men just feel so lost and and so misguided yeah. in the in this world like it, it's really like sheep with no shepherd and yeah. and Tyler serves as this shepherd who ultimately is just kind of a terrible person and yeah yeah uh just terrible shepherd but um yeah it just shows this need for men to like have guidance when they don't have guidance yeah, yeah. i think of fight club as you know a support group and also like as a, a way to embrace like maleness or like masculine company in yeah. a way that is not homoerotic or at least they don't view it that way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I mean, being, being shirtless and rubbing up against another man is questionable. Listen, at, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've done jiu-jitsu for 10 years, bro. <laughs> it's a little... Yeah, so the way that they experience affection, like there's this one scene in which like Tyler like ruffles Angel Face's hair yeah. and it's like this it's like this brotherly like fatherly moment in which they really bond as men together in that moment and they're committing domestic terrorism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's such a warped view of what like physical affection and affection between men can be yep. in which like they just, they're trying so deeply to escape emasculization that they don't <laughs> They don't see that they could just do this. Like, you could just yeah. make male friends. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just get they, friends. they need this excuse of violence to basically cover up this want of affection. Mm. That's what I view Vite Club as. Yeah, um, and I agree with all of you. And when I look at Fight Club, um, I think it's a really interesting metaphor because I personally don't think Fight Club stands for anything at all. Mm. Um, when Fight Club, Fight Club the movie, not Fight Club within the movie, Fight Club the movie was made as a commentary on the effects of consumerism, social order, and specifically feminism on um, the effects it has on American society, specifically masculinity, because this movie was made um, um, as a message that like the effects that femininity can have on masculinity not necessarily negative effects but the effects that can happen from it and from this we've gotten two readings of the movie which is one reading that femininity has put too much of a chain on masculinity and masculinity needs to be freed from this quote-unquote type of oppression which is what fight club represents being free of the chains of what society pushes down on you um basically having directionless um, men without direction be allowed to be 
men without direction and having them find their own direction without the need to be told where they should go. But um, it also leads to the other reading of directionalist men are violent brutes, that um, toxic masculinity is extremely real. When you take men out of an order that works and you put them outside of that order, what happens is they become domestic, domestic terrorists. <laughs> um, but the way that I personally see it is that Fight Club stands for nothing except yourself. Because what I think is very important is that every character who we see within Fight Club who functions as part of society has everything that society tells us we want. The narrator has his condo, he has expensive furniture, he has a stable job. He doesn't quote-unquote have friends, but he has a working life and a working livelihood. For all intents and purposes, he has the American dream. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the other characters in the show, though it doesn't seem like that, they have it. Sure, they may suffer from stuff like, you know, cancer, testicular cancer, no ball, or um, just like being um, alienated from society but within their own rights they are still living they still have funds they still have a home they still have perhaps a family that you can turn to they still have the quote unquote American dream but they're all empty they've been given what they're told that they want and now that they have it there's just it's emptiness there's nothing that exists within that void so when they go to fight club I see it as just simply going into a place that you can lay yourself bare, where you can be okay with the fact that you are receiving nothing, the fact that you will never receive anything, and the fact that you are empty. It is a place where empty people go to exist, and um, by extension, it's a place where through beating up someone else, you are beating up your own idea of yourself. You are getting the sense beat out of you, quite literally, like, and figuratively. You are having your sense of character being beat out of you in a way that's very liberating because you are now nothing. Everybody around you is nothing, and you are comfortable with the concept of nothingness. So I think Fight Club stands for a big old lump of nothing. Dang. Just, just means nothing. You yeah. cooked on that one. Yeah, you cooked. Oh my God. Yeah, damn. Like I need to, I need to take a smoke after that. Was like, damn. <laughs> but yeah, um, moving on from the pure concept of nothingness, we also do have to talk about how Tyler encourages the narrator, or how the narrator encourages himself, to re-embrace his masculinity through violence and political anarchy. We have to ask ourselves why this idea of masculinity and just being free and yourself is tied to violence and political anarchy. What is free about political anarchy? <laughs> <laughs> right. I think I think that um, obvi- the narrator, he needs an outlet to express this masculinity that he so sorely is not. And I think that... Tyler encouraging him to do it through violence and political anarchy. Like, in the moment, it feels so great, you know, like beating people up. Yeah. You're beating up your inner demons. Um, it releases, like, this very quick, like, yes, I'm doing something good. But it's that is ultimately, like, not a good thing. Yeah. And it, it doesn't bring about anything actually good. It doesn't and I, spark I, joy. It doesn't it spark, spark joy, joy in the end. And I think what the movie is trying to tell us is that we need 
some outlet to express ourselves, but we need to make sure we're finding the right person. Because when we're lost, it's so easy to fall into the trap of the wrong person, as we see all of these men doing. Yeah. And the movie is just trying to let us know, like, hey, you do need an outlet, but this is not how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Domestic terrorism, isn't it? And that's not the answer. That's <laughs> never the answer. It's <laughs> never the answer, guys. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I also feel like it's really interesting how, like, all the things, like, he, like, anarchy and, like, political anarchy, like, destroying, like, the concept of consumerism, like, destroying all the banks and stuff like that. Those are all things that, like, at least in, within the narr- within the lens of the narrative, within, like, the lens of, like, who we're following, it's, like, all the things that, sp- that technically, like, tied him down, quote-unquote, in a sense. Like, for example, we see him start to, like, retaliate in his job. That His job, the thing that brought him security, the job that, as you said, Sam, like, kind of, like, was what he was taught to want, but also kind of, like, acted as Shackles of, of society that like bound him in a sense. So like in doing that, in time like taking down like what is so society like socially like, appropriate, if that makes sense. It's oh his way of like retali- retaliating and like tearing down those shackles and like again like t- uh, what's it called? Like when you blew up all like all the banks and like the credit card companies and stuff. Like the concept of consumerism himself itself. Um, I know a bunch of times he mentioned like um, I rem- I forget what specific scene it was, but like Tyler Durden, he was talking about um, like this post like describing this post apocalyptic setting where like they were tearing down like big corporations and they were like sort of like picturing like man like rising above those things. Like I guess it all like ties into like the main idea of him like like trying to like rise above that if that makes sense so I just yeah yeah um I see very easily how um people can get like wrapped into cults because of the way that like Tyler Durden is this like cult like strong personality in which he guides these people who don't have direction especially those who already feel lost and uh it's especially like the way that like you don't hear you just see them in the background like Channing Tatum in the background of this movie (laughs) (laughs) as Angel Face where it's like there are these men who uh, they they look like they used to prize things like consumerism like especially Angel Face whose whose name is never said but it's because he's beautiful (laughs) they specifically say I wanted to destroy like um the narrator specifically says I wanted to destroy something beautiful when I when he was beating up that man like the bleach blonde hair yeah and it's like Okay, you just called another man beautiful. <laughs> also, but like, it it just it 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 reframes this like thing where like these men used to care about consumerism and their looks and everything, and now that they've like transitioned into this like body where like they don't have names, they legit do not have names, and that um, that I feel like that's what they want. They they want to stop like being in the the light of a provider, the light of somebody who's supposed to like provide for a family because none of them seem to have families mm-hmm. like. Bob, the dude with the, yep, the dude with the big, uh... <laughs> titties. Yep, yeah, he's yep, the titties. Yep. Tits, yeah. Yeah, Tit the big pectorals. <laughs> um, basically, like, it's not said that he has a family. He has testicular cancer, but there are other people in the support group who have families. And, like, there's a guy who talks about, like, the fact that, like, his wife had her first child with another man yep. after leaving him because she had, because he had testicular cancer. And that kind of, like, emotional hurt is very easy to draw into a cult, mm-hmm. which is like, 
I wonder what hurt they suffered. Like with um, the narrator, it's clear the insomnia. Like it just breaks his mind. He he nods off, wakes up in places that it's just like it creates this like level of disassociation that he's used to. So that when he starts nodding off and going into these like different personalities, like Tyler Durden, he legit doesn't notice yeah. because it's yeah. just normal to him at that point. So all of them have suffered some kind of trauma like that. Yeah, and it's apparent that. Tyler Durden has always been here from the start. Throughout the entire movie, you are seeing him appear randomly in frame next to characters, especially during scenes where um, the narrator is feeling oppressed by the society around him. And it causes a lot of confusion to the characters around him during Fight Club when um, Tyler Durden and the narrator are separating themselves. The narrator is attempting to separate these two personalities, and it causes that type of confusion. But as we... um, advance and go back circling around to our topic about upsetting the social order and how Tyler wishes to destroy social programming, consumerism, and he wants to genuinely topple the social order, I think that reflects a lot of um, many great and not so great social leaders Mm -hmm. that we've had in the world. This mentality that the world has gotten just so caught up in consume, consume, consume that they're losing sight of what it means to be human. Right. Which I want to connect into Tyler's spiritual and religious outlooks where he compares man to God, that God creates man in his image. Therefore, man creates God in our image. Yeah. And how what you guys think about Tyler's wish to um, reprogram the world in this facet. Yeah, I think it was really interesting, like in a sense, like he like directly and indirectly like told like told himself like you are like your own god if that makes sense like you have agency at the end of the day it's only you and you have to like go out and get what you want which is what he like tries to impart upon other people in like in the fight club and stuff like that and i also thought it was interesting during that one scene where he kind of like akin to god to like their own father and like their relationship with their father with with the uh, with tyler Durden's and the narrator's father well they're both the same person but like with their father as well um in the sense that how they felt like discarded by their father figure like it's not like specifically like stated like what happened and what caused that trauma um i like to think that um that trauma is also kind of like what played a part in like creating the person of tyler durden for sure but um yeah and it's kind of like um what's it called like feeling like because god has forgotten you because god doesn't love you um stuff like that like you have to like love your not love yourself but like go out and do what you want to do like be the god quote unquote that you want to be in order to make the change that you want to make in your life and that change manifests into like you know what we see in bike club you know so yeah i thought that was interesting it's kind of like a weird like type of absurdism where it's like nothing matters um you are your own god so like just do just go just go 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 yeah for sure um the the thing that's scary about tyler um is that a lot of what he says there is truth to it yeah and there's um like his whole thing about consumerism taking over that's very true and i think we can all recognize that um and then this thing about his religious beliefs in god like taking control of your own life, being yourself, that's something without the rest of the context of Tyler that could be a good thing, like having agency over your own life, taking control. That's something that I think everyone really wants, but it's because Tyler's saying it and because he's using it to manipulate and get what he wants, which 
I would hope most people think is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. um, domestic terrorism is a little bad. Domestic terrorism is kind of a bad thing. I That's what's really scary about Tyler, and I think that's what's the movie is trying to warn us about and why it's so interesting and why it still holds up. Yeah, he got a good. He's got the spirit, but bad execution. <laughs> really bad execution. <laughs> I think a lot of like cult-like personalities and people who like want to surround themselves with people who otherwise wouldn't like would be directionless, kind of like depressed, insomniacs, you know, abused and feeling emasculated, is people who you know they have noticed these things. They all kind of latch onto it because it is true, and the reason why they continue to like follow him like religiously is because they believe that he is like their leader he creates this like weird terrorist unit in which they like operate outside without central leadership which basically like it all goes back to him but after like he's established the plan he basically makes sure that like his other self the narrator cannot sabotage it in any way which is like the fact that Tyler is aware of the fact that he has a split personality is like I think a very it's funny. It's funny because yeah, it's a little silly. It's a little silly. It's, kind of it's a little silly, and it's also like I think it's realistic a little bit because like the depiction of DID, at least in this, it's like there's this. Um, it use it's popularly called uh, split personality disorder uh, in movies and stuff, and usually demonized. And it it's it's like. The bad part is the fact that um, Tyler creates a domestic terrorist unit yeah. while he's while like he's got his the narrator clocked out like the main person, and you know the the fact that he's like he's a vivid hallucination which I think is the least realistic part, but it's the fact that like he handles the things that he knows the narrator cannot handle like he freaks out yeah. like, and he's struggling with it so when he like lapses back into himself in the mm. middle of like what's going on, um, he just it's like. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. Like, it's it's a struggle for... It's like a battle for, like, this seat. Like, a seat of the mm-hmm. wheel. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, again, like, relating to the cult thing, um, Tyler literally brands himself. He yeah. quite literally mm-hmm. brands the people associated with him through chemical burns. And one of the most interesting things that I noticed is that Tyler doesn't have the chemical burn on his body until the narrator burns himself where Tyler yeah, forces right. him to burn himself which yeah. just helps you to realize um, if you weren't aware of it beforehand I think that was one of the key hints to the this is not normal this split personality, <laughs> yeah. this split personality thing but um, this all really just adds up and it helps to serve as a message of how people can feel trapped in this type of world that's so based on consumerism but I think the greatest thing about Fight Club is is, is it a message that we should be listening to yeah. because Fight Club puts a message out there and depending on your interpretation of it you can either exist with it as it is and understand what Fight Club is about or if you choose to act upon it which I think we should act upon a lot of media and their general messages not what's happening in the media. Again, we do not endorse domestic terrorism. We yeah, really but, don't. Um, <laughs> we need to make this clear. Yeah, Here on the top of the world, yeah. we are not domestic terrorists, okay? But um, the idea that there should be something free outside of it is an idea that um, I personally think that a fight club is not half bad. If like, um, I think that a fight club cannot exist without rules, which beats the entire purpose of a fight club. But um, a fight club, a place where you can go and knock the sense out of yourself and someone else and go home without any conflict without the other person is a good idea for certain people because violence is never the answer, but violence is an outlet. And it's not something that we can't ignore. And fight club 
puts this message out there that there are so many outlets um, for it, but it doesn't really offer any good outlets for it. Yeah. And that's the question it begs. It's like, there's no good outlets for it. What are you going to do with us, you know? And I think that really manifests itself through um, Tyler Durden's philosophy about possessions. How people do not own things, but the things that people own own them and define them. You are defined through what you right. own. Um, especially how we see it with the narrator. He lost his condo and everything was about the condo. Right. He lost his yin-yang table. He got his Ikea things that he can't even properly pronounce. <laughs> and it was like, to um, I think it's a really interesting idea because thinking about it further, even we as people define ourselves through what it is we own Absolutely. you know yeah, like definitely. oh my god it's bad it's bad it's real bad yeah like it's insane to just think about it like that that this is something that ultimately is inescapable um for us in a healthy manner and um that makes me want to ask that are you yourself your greatest enemy or your greatest ally mm. Mm. That is that is an answer, a question that the movie certainly asks. Since, yeah. you know, they are the same person, and it, it, it's hard to answer that question. I think. Yeah, and um, since I know it is a very hard a question to answer, I'd also like to extend it beyond and ask: Is Tyler Durden the hero of Fight Club, or is he the villain of Fight Club? I would say unequivocally, man is the villain. Bro is evil. Yeah, bro is devious, and. I think that that for me is is the larger point of the movie. It's it's like a like a cautionary tale. It's like this is what can happen when men and really people aren't given a way to express these things they need to express and are with, with totally without guidance. And I think it it reminds me a lot of real life Andrew Tate. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. He's, Tyler yeah. is literally Andrew Tate. He's literally <laughs> Andrew Tate. If Andrew Tate was a domestic terrorist. If Andrew Tate was a domestic terrorist. They would be the if same Andrew person. Andrew Tate actually like committed crimes with like political meaning behind them. Because like he pretends right. to have political meaning, but he was mostly doing it out of his own selfish desires. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that this is about Andrew Tate, but I think that just shows that the film is right. The it, it, if we're interpreting it this way, the film is totally right. Without guidance, people will flock to someone who's seemingly confident, and it, you know, just doesn't pan out. Um, how I would answer the "Are we our greatest hero or greatest enemy or villain?" That or whatever it. freaking question was. It's that's really hard to say. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can even answer that question. Yeah, yeah. you guys don't have to answer it. I just think it's a really um, interesting thought experiment to consider that, um, because I feel like before this movie, we could very much say to a certain extent that we are the um, our greatest ally, because we obviously want what's best for us. We are narcissistic beings by nature. Humans are inherently narcissistic, and you unlearn that slowly throughout your life, but inherently at your core, you are narcissistic. When you are born as a baby, it's I want mommy, I want milk, or I'll ruin your life. <laughs> that is quite literally as narcissistic as you can get. Right. Yeah. But as we grow, we have to understand if that's our ally, our enemy. And it's an ongoing question that we have yeah, to ask exactly. ourselves every single 100%. day. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's still true. 
like I feel like at the end of the day, we're never going to completely like let go of that narcissistic version of ourselves. We're like, no matter what, we're always going to have an ulterior motive that will benefit us in some way. Will the benefit help us or hurt us? That's a completely different story. But I think like ultimately like for our own minds and our own psyche, everything that we do will benefit us somehow. And I feel like that is completely true um, in Fight Club, within the narrative, within Tyler Durden and stuff like that. Because, <laughs> because I feel like at the end of the day, Tyler Durden, he, low key, he kind of had a point. Like as you guys were saying, right. like he was, there was some truths to what he was saying. That's the scariest that's thing. That's about the scariest yeah. thing right. about he was exactly. he was right. right. However, domestic terrorism <laughs> is not the way to go about it. And I yes, if you blow up a credit card company, <laughs> a building that a credit card company owns, that don't do nothing. It's not going to zero. Guys, we live in America. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything. <laughs> We've experienced worse. Okay. <laughs> However, and I feel like that completely translates to our real life too, because ultimately, at the end of the day, everything we do, we think is going to help us. However, it has the completely same opportunity to harm us as well no matter what it is so i think like our intention is constantly to be our greatest ally because because at the our core we're all narcissistic beings mm. that's part of human preservation we, you know but it could still hurt us and like of course you see that play out in the movie so tyler durden tyler yeah. durden yeah. tyler durden but yeah yeah um <laughs> so Again, I personally think that within the context of Fight Club, I think Tyler Durden is the hero because we can't forget that Tyler Durden is the narrator. Yeah. We cannot let go of the fact that Tyler Durden is the main character. We can't avoid him. And now a main character doesn't always have to be a hero. Mm. As we've defined it before, being a hero does not inherently mean you are the protagonist. But... Um, I think the villain of this story is not a person. It's very much man versus society. Mm. And Tyler Durden stands as the hero who is fighting against an oppressive society. He's just a really flawed hero, I, even an anti-hero, so to yeah. speak, where he's against society itself. And it's like, um, I think Tyler Durden is a hero that needs to be dead. But yeah, I, he, he sucks at his job, yeah, he's but a, he's a hero. He, but I think Fair he's enough. a hero regardless. He just doesn't deserve to walk on this earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. I was about and to. So, oh wait, yeah, you can that go. brings us to my final point, where I want to talk that when we get to the end of the film and we see a multitude of things, where um, we get to see the narrator finally come to. Um, you see, this is the interesting part because what it comes to. Um, differs from person to person. Either he becomes a synthesis, he combines with Tyler and they become one person, or the narrator absolutely eliminates Tyler. What do you guys think happens? Is Tyler still alive at the end of the movie? I think so. I think... Uh, oh, wait, yeah, you can wait. Everyone can go around. Yeah. yeah, I think he's... I think it's synthesis. I think he is still alive because, it, you know, the personality that he created was so strong that even if he's not technically there, or at least, you know, the narrator still isn't seeing him, then he can go. I think my interpretation of it is he's still alive, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's still going to control the narrator's life. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm. I personally, um, I also think that Tyler is still alive, but I also do think he's eliminated. I think Tyler no longer exists. I think the narrator eliminates him, but the narrator 
is now Tyler. He like there is mm. absolutely no difference. They do not come to a synthesis. I think the narrator completely and utterly adopts him. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I hope not. That was I'll be. I'll be a little here. I think that. Hmm. Because bringing back to like what I said, like at the beginning, like I feel like a lot of what Fight Club is about is finding balance in between your own desires and also the whims and whimsy of society um, and its oppressive nature. I think because at the beginning, and I think it's also like following. Um, what's it called, the narrator's uh, struggle to overcome his apathy that was very much present in the beginning of the film, where he was just basically, like, he was going through the motions, he was um, being essentially, like, fed by society, like, what he was supposed to want, quote-unquote, in a sense. And I think at the beginning, if you were to put beginning narrator in this, at the very last scene, I feel like he would have chosen to die, like, entirely. Yeah. But I think also... Like, as we see, like, the, the, the events of the movie, like, play out, I feel like he becomes much more, le- much, like, less and less apathetic. And I don't think it's because, oh, like, Tyler, it's not because of the domestic terrorism, but I also think he's, like, learning a lot of the lessons and, like, becoming, like, your own person and, um, like, figuring out what you want for yourself, stuff like that. So, like, in a sense, I feel like he's adopted a lot, like, the good parts of what um, uh, Tyler. Tyler like imparted onto him, yeah. if that makes sense, and like that's what I find like the last line like so interesting, um, when like uh, the narrator talks to um, Marla, Marla, um, where he says, "You met me at a strange time in my life, but everything's gonna be okay." Yeah, and, and I yeah, that's yeah. where I totally um, that's where I get the idea that the narrator adopts Tyler, yeah. and when he adopts Tyler, it's less of a combination, but I think that when the narrator quite literally kills himself, he shoots himself in the mouth and I just that's not a narrator thing to do Tyler Durden would shoot himself in the mouth Tyler Durden is the person who has self-harmed throughout the entirety of this so when the narrator shoots himself in the mouth he adopts Tyler Durden or what's left of him I I view it as like this is a horrifying way to describe it but he literally blows off Tyler Durden's head and he just takes what's left of it he adopts what's left of it yeah that's what I view it as he quite literally swaps heads with him and that's what I see it as. It's two very similar takes, but like two, one is optimistic as one is just like, yep. <laughs> well, yeah. he kills himself. Hey, that's Fight Club for you. <laughs> that's Fight Club. But, um, love discussing Fight Club and love discussing Tyler Durden. I've been your host, Samuel Rico, joined by my co-hosts. Robbie Waters. And Sakai Marquez. And our wonderful guest host. Sandy Charles. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys next episode. Is it the truth?